0: You guys doing good? Me too. I love what Wayne, or the producer, says at the end. If you caught that, he says, A benevolent, forgiving king, miraculous healings raised from the dead to establish an everlasting kingdom. But then he said, who would buy a story like that? Who would buy a story like that? He even says it's too good to be true. He says it's too good to be true, and yet I'm smiling. Many of us are smiling today because we know it's actually, absolutely, positively, that's not even a word, but positively true. Do you believe it's true? Do you believe it's true? I think that's why we're here today, because we think it's actually true. We believe our Heavenly Father, for His glory, to declare His goodness, to declare His righteousness, He sends His Son, Jesus, into this world. He sends His Son to be born in that manger, to live that life, to die on the cross, to raise from from the dead. To save my sins. Does that ever overwhelm you? Does ever kind of take your breath away? To save us. To, to rescue us. To set us free. He dies on the cross. The power of God raises from the grave. And now he's the resurrected king. If you've been at this church, we sang a song a few weeks ago called the resurrected king. It's probably one of my favorites nowadays. That means he's alive, as evangelists told us. He's alive. He's not a ghost. He's not a blue ghost. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But he's alive. And anyone, anyone, anyone and everyone who puts their faith and trust in him, they'll also be resurrected. As he is resurrected, we will be resurrected and we'll live with him forever. It's the greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever told. I was thinking about it this week, two things. One, just how amazing the story really is. But two, and this just got me this week, that God actually invites us, invites me, all of us into this story. Did you know that? Do you know that the God of the universe actually invites you and me to be a part of his story? I'd warn you, though, be careful before you accept his invitation. His story has the power to affect your life. In fact, if you let it, it will more than affect your life. It will radically, supernaturally change your life. I believe this from the depths of who I am. That the greatest story ever told has the power to radically change our lives forever. It's really one of the most powerful parts of being in a church like this, like life LifeSpring, week after week, month after month, year after year. We learn and we discover, we, we see this story unfold more and more in, in a church like this or The Edge or Joy, uh, Church of Joy or Mission Woods or Edgewood Bible or Mountain, Lu- uh, Mountain View Lutheran. Any of these churches, you're going to learn, you're going to discover more and more about this story, about a good God, about a loving God, about a faithful God, As you press into a community of believers like this one, you're going to learn. You're going to learn that because of your sins, you actually needed a Savior. You're going to learn that Jesus had to die on the cross. In a church like this, you're going to see what it's all about. What is Easter all about? That it's more than just bunnies and Easter eggs. You're going to learn what happens when you die. you also discover a little bit more about what happens after you die. In settings like this, week After week, as we meet together, as we search the Bible together, as we sing together and pray together, this story, the greatest story, it unfolds and God reveals himself to us. And as he does, we grow in our understanding and our knowledge of the story of God, but I know for me, I also grow in my knowledge and understanding of my own personal story and how when you and I put our faith in his story, the story of God actually becomes the story of us and it truly changes our lives forever. At Christmas time, we celebrate a specific part of the story. It's called Christmas. What do you think that means? Any thoughts? Christmas? Christ's birth? Yeah, birth of Christ. That's what it means. Simply the birth of Christ. Merry Christmas, by the way. Aren't you happy that Christ was born? Right? It's a pretty neat idea. <laughs> I'm pretty thankful for Christmas. It's a beautiful moment in the history of time, around 2,000 years ago. God, we know as Christians that God, 2,000 years ago, he came to earth as a man. Did you know that? We believe that. John says this at the beginning of his gospel. He said that the Word became flesh. He says other things about the Word. He says the Word through which everything that has been created, the Word gives life to everything that has been created. This Word becomes flesh in the person of Jesus during the holidays, you're going to hear people singing these songs about the birth of Jesus, but you're going to hear them talking about Jesus as God come to earth. Uh, normally, other, the other you know months of the year, we don't really sing too much about that. But in Christmas time, we sing about God coming to earth. And there's a specific word that we use. We even sang it today, Emmanuel. Did you catch that when we sang Emmanuel? Emmanuel. It's really not a word that we use in our common vocabulary but Emmanuel simply means this God with us and Jesus guess who he is he's Emmanuel he's Emmanuel when Jesus came to earth Emmanuel came to earth and Jesus God came to dwell as a man with his people Some of my favorite traditional Christmas songs, I think they speak this truth so well. A very familiar song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, it it speaks of some of these ideas. I'm actually going to sing one of the verses. You can sing along with me. But as we sing this, just pay attention to the words just a little bit. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, here it is, and pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, sorry man, you well, big finish. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Did you catch it? Did you get it? Jesus, our Emmanuel, pleased as man with men to dwell. God with us. God in the flesh with us. In the Bible, in the book of Colossians, it tells us the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus And so his birth in a manger in Bethlehem, a beautiful part of the story of God. Now, I think we've been alive long enough and Christmas is a big enough part of our culture that most of us are somewhat familiar with the story of his birth. Remember, there was a virgin. What was the virgin's name? Mary. And she finds out she's going to be pregnant and yet she's engaged to... And Joseph finds out she's pregnant. He decides he's going to divorce her quietly. Remember that part? She's pregnant. I I don't want to shame her. We're going to divorce her quietly. You can imagine back then this is a pretty big deal. For a virgin to be pregnant, I think, is kind of a big deal of any time. Uh, But for her to be pregnant out of wedlock with somebody else's child, it's just a big deal. And again, she says she's a virgin, and who's going to believe this story? And yet, when Joseph decides he's going to break it off, Do you remember what happens? An angel of the Lord, he he appears to Joseph. In fact, let's read the scriptures and, and read the account. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, he was a righteous man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, as he considered all of this, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that child within her, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up from that dream, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. An angel meets Joseph in a dream, but then Joseph actually does what the angel commands him to do. We kind of take that part for granted, but that's amazing. He actually listens and obeys the angel. He doesn't break the engagement. He takes Mary as his wife, and Jesus is born. In the story of God, this is a pretty big deal. You think of the story of God. This is probably a pretty big moment, right? Emmanuel being born 2,000 years later, here we are even celebrating. But remember to celebrate. I think sometimes we forget that part. It's a merry Christmas, Celebrate the birth of Jesus. Celebrate that God with us, Emmanuel, has come. But why is it important that we celebrate his birth? I mean, why is it important? I don't know about you. I'm always asking these questions. Why is it important that God came as a man to earth? Again, I've asked that question often. I think the more I think about it, it's important that we really truly understand the answer so i just want to dive into this just a little bit when that angel is speaking to joseph in the dream he tells joseph in verse 21 he says and she will have a son you're naming him jesus for he's gonna what he's gonna save his people from their sins everyone say save his people Yeah, he's going to save his people from their sins. Around the same time of Jesus' birth, there's a man, Zechariah. is going to be the father of John the Baptist. Zechariah, he's a pretty cool dude. He's serving at the temple of God in Jerusalem. He's a priest serving at the temple. And there's this moment when he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he begins to prophesy about Jesus' birth. Listen to what Zechariah says. He says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us now Mary again pregnant with Jesus she visits Elizabeth Elizabeth is Zachariah's wife Elizabeth she's pregnant and she's pregnant with John the Baptist Mary and Elizabeth meet together and this is what Mary says she says oh how my soul praises the Lord how my spirit rejoices in God my who is he? The Savior. So the angel tells Joseph that Jesus will save people from their sins. Zechariah prophesies that God has sent a mighty Savior. Mary praises God saying, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Are you catching a theme? You're catching a theme. Remember those shepherds? Maybe one of the greatest Christmas stories we got. Those shepherds out in the field and the angel appears to them. Remember how it goes. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appears to them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounds them. They're terrified. But the angel assured them, Don't be afraid. I'm not here to kill you. (laughs) I actually bring you what? What kind of news? Aren't you wanting some good news these days, church? I mean, I'm talking about like 2017, December 24th. Anyone want some good news? Well, this angel says... Don't be afraid. I I felt like he was speaking to me this week. Hey, Danny, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. It's going to bring great joy for all the people. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord. He's been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Why was it important for Jesus to come? Because Jesus came to save. He came to save. He came as the Savior. He was on a mission, a mission to save God's people, to deliver them, to rescue them, to save them. And sometimes I think we just get a little confused about why we celebrate or what we celebrate or how we celebrate at Christmas. No show of hands, hands. please don't raise your hands, but don't you ever just get a little confused with it all? Like, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is this, that Jesus' birth Emmanuel came. With his birth, God is with us. With his birth, he came. Out of the love of the Father, he came for his people. He came to save his people. Jesus being born in the little town of Bethlehem, it's our creator God's big announcement to the world. Hey, world, listen up. Your savior, he's here. Your rescue, your deliverance, he's here. That's one of the main things that Christmas is all about don't believe me just look at the Christmas songs we sing joy to the world the Savior reigns glory stream from heaven afar heavenly hosts sing alleluia who Christ our Savior is born Christ our Savior is born here's an oldie but a goodie Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now we need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. Here it is. The king of kings salvation brings, let loving hearts enthrone him. God rest you merry gentlemen let nothing you dismay remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas day what to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray oh tidings of comfort and joy comfort and joy oh tidings of comfort and joy And then we just sang this one together And oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Have I made my point? (laughs) When we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Again, the angels announced to the shepherds, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people, the Savior. Yes, Messiah the Lord. He's been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So Jesus is the Savior, and on Christmas we celebrate that the Savior has come. But what is he saving us from? Another question I have often asked. Or more importantly, ask it yourself. What is he saving you from? Another question, do you even need saving? Now, for the Jewish people who began to follow Jesus, they go, yeah, Jesus, we believe you're the Messiah. We believe you're the Savior. Remember, many of them, they were following Jesus because they thought Jesus was going to save them from, remember what they thought he was going to save them from. It was the Romans, right? The bad Romans. The, the Romans and the oppression of the Romans, that had, had the, the heavy oppressive taxation of the Romans. He was going to come in, deliver them from Roman rule, and establish his earthly kingdom. Now, as Christians... We know that his salvation, the salvation he brings, it's bigger than that. That through his birth, his life, his death, resurrection, we see that Jesus, he actually came to save God's people, but not from the Romans, but actually to save them from death. Right? That's what we believe as Christians. He came to save us from death, the spiritual death that is the ultimate consequence of our sin. Right? Through salvation, we're set free. And not just from that oppressive government, but we're actually set free forever from the oppression of sin and death and actually brought into everlasting life to live with God forever. Hallelujah. His salvation, it was so much bigger than they realized. Another thing we got to understand in the year 2017, for these Jewish people, they were looking for a Jewish Messiah. They were looking for a Jewish Savior who was going to come and just deliver them, rescue them, and yet we now know that His salvation, it was much bigger than that. Aren't you thankful that His salvation was bigger than that? See, Jesus came to save anyone and everyone who would put their faith and trust in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Him, should not perish but have eternal life. He came to save the world. And so even today, most of us, we're not Jewish, right? Most of us, we don't need saving from the Romans. I'm not even sure what people in Rome are doing today, but I don't think I need to be saved from them. But what do we need? We we need to be saved from our sins And the penalty of our sins. Each of us, including me, I'm in a desperate need for a Savior. The Bible says, for whoever keeps the whole law. I mean, just the whole law. You're just an incredibly amazing goody two-shoe that just makes the rest of us not want to hang out with you. But if you're there and yet you stumble at just one point of the law, guess what? You're guilty of breaking the whole thing. We're guilty in our sin. The Bible says... For the wages of sin it's death and that through Jesus we can be saved from that death. That verse tells us for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's some good news. Well, how does that work? Again, I ask these questions. How does it even work? Well, imagine a courtroom. You're in a courtroom. You're on trial for your sins. God is the judge and your sin against God, it's a capital crime. According to God's divine law, your crime, it deserves the death penalty. Death, in a spiritual sense, it would mean the eternal separation from God. It's a pretty serious judgment. But even when God he sends his son to die on the cross, Jesus, he actually took the punishment that we deserve. That's what we believe as Christians, that Jesus, he took the punishment we deserved, and instead he offers us his righteousness, So when you trust in Christ for salvation, when you believe in Jesus, essentially there's an exchange that happens, a beautiful, radical exchange. By faith, we trade our sin and the death penalty that accompanies our sin, we trade it in for his righteousness and his life. This baby boy that we celebrate on Christmas, he dies on the cross as our substitute. Without Jesus, this isn't a story, by the way, this is just the truth of humanity. Without Jesus, we would suffer the death penalty for our sins. But instead, Jesus, he bears the punishment that we deserve. The Bible says that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we would become the righteousness of God in him. That he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, Jesus' wounds, we are healed. Jesus died for us. He died for us to be saved. This is hard for us to understand, but for us to be saved, he had to die. According to God's law, for God to forgive sins, there had to be the shedding of blood. The Bible puts it this way, according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says, there is no forgiveness. And yet we need forgiveness for our sins. So for God to forgive us of our sins, his judgment had to be satisfied and that required the shedding of blood. I I get it, right? In our modern way of thinking, it's just like, I hear this all the time, like just shedding blood, like no. Like no thank you. That's just kind of barbaric, kind of out of place. I mean, is it even necessary? Why? I've heard this question many times. Why can't God just simply forgive us? Why did Jesus have to die? Couldn't have he just said, I forgive you. See, life springs. That's so important. Because God is perfectly holy, he must judge sin. Would a just and righteous judge ever let evil go unpunished? And at the cross, God pours out his judgment on his son. He satisfies his wrath by making it possible for him now to forgive us. That's why Jesus had to shed his blood for your sins, my sins, the sins of of this world on the cross your sins were paid for no longer counted against you no longer separating you from a good loving holy and righteous god praise the lord praise the lord that he revealed his glory revealed his goodness revealed his love through jesus that jesus actually saves us from death that's why we sing the songs that we sing that's why we sing these amazing traditional christmas songs because he's the savior of the world who died in your place. I think it's just sometimes we forget that. We just keep them like Talladega Nights. We just keep them in the manger. If you've seen that movie, we just keep them as the baby Jesus. But that's not the way it goes. When we sing, we, we sing about the whole Jesus, the baby, the man, who died on the cross and rose from the grave, and we don't go around hanging our heads down low and all depressed and sad about it. As Christians, we celebrate. That's where our volume comes from. You know what I mean when we're singing, the sing just like that power, right? It's not just because we like to sing loud. We just know we've really been saved from a lot. And so you sing, and you sing louder, and you sing louder because you're actually filled not with discouragement, not with depression. You're filled with joy. That's where your song comes from, just the joy, the hope, the love. There's good news of great joy today for every person here. Salvation has come into the world for anyone who would trust in the work of Jesus Christ because of what He has done. The story of God has become the story of us. And come on, church, it has changed our lives forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want to invite the worship team to come on up. We're going to sing a song. We've prepared this song for you. And I just encourage you as we sing, use this time to ask yourself maybe some of those more heavy and serious questions. As we play and we sing, just consider this. Have you ever placed your trust in Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever declared with your mouth that you believe that He's able to, to die as a substitute for your sin? Do you believe that Jesus died to give you eternal life? Do you believe that He rose from the dead to show you victory over sin? If up to this point you haven't believed in Jesus, I just encourage you one, just that God loves you. But right now, because of His love, you have the opportunity to receive Jesus into your life. It's a free gift of God's grace for you. But He's the only one that can save you from your sins. Your spouse can't, your kids can't, a pastor can't, your priest can't. God, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he can. He can. And the invitation, I think, is pretty clear. God sent you a gift, his son, a baby boy born in Bethlehem. And he sent him to save your sins, save you from your sins. If you receive that gift today, you will live with him forever. I'd also say this, if you're already a Christian here this morning... I just pray that as we sing this song, this good and powerful song, I just pray that the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation, that it just would overwhelm you. I think some of us as Christians, we just kind of need to have some of that desert ground broken up again. We need life to come back into our lives. And just let the good news of salvation fill us once again with joy. Could it just remind us again today that regardless of what you're going through, regardless whether it's high or low, good or bad, happy or sad, that God, he is still on his throne and he is still mighty to save. After we sing, I'll come back up and we'll pray together.